You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. Welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third boy to wear the mantle of Robin, Tim Drake. We will start with Tim's origin and then make our way to Tim's ongoing Robin series that went 183 issues. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast is part of the BatmanUniverse.net. Your home for all things Batman. And this is the last time I'm going to be able to say the sentence. Robin, whom is celebrating, who's actually technically finished celebrating 75 years this year. Um, it is December 26th for us, but this is going to be the New Year's Eve, uh, one of the last episodes on the Batman universe, so I thought we would go out in a bang and kind of wrap up uh, the 75th anniversary, although I think I tethered uh, Terrence and I to two other podcasts that aren't quite finished talking about the 75th anniversary. Um, of course, I do have with me uh, my Mark Bernardin, uh, Terrence. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? Thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks, Rob. Uh, and and um, yeah, uh, this is cool, the 75th anniversary, because I was thinking, I remember when I started getting into comics, it was right around Superman's 50th. And then right after Superman's 50th, there was Batman's 50th, which would have also been Robin's 50th real soon. And I don't remember anything or anybody mentioning it or any anything. And now that the 75th, there's, there's a, a little bit more. It's actually getting a mention, and there's Robin War. So maybe in 25 years when we're in our 60s, uh, for the 100th anniversary of Robin, they'll, they'll do a huge celebration. Yeah, and I think we'll be old enough by that point that we won't have remembered doing this. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be saying stuff like, I can't believe they didn't do anything for 50 years. They probably didn't do anything for 75. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep recording the same podcast over and over again. <laughs> Forgetting. Yeah. So uh, first off, I just want to say a big uh, thank you to you, Terrence, for uh, uh, jumping on the podcast with me. It's been uh, a blast. I've been kind of getting used to having uh, somebody else to banner with. So uh, I appreciate uh, the time you take uh, from family and just uh, your enjoyment of, of the Robin character and just getting a chance to talk to somebody about Star Wars or Robin or baseball or whatever it is. So I just wanted to say uh, thank you very much, sir, for uh, doing this journey with me. It really means a lot. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I enjoy it, too, and my wife appreciates it because then I can talk to you about this stuff and she doesn't have to hear about it. So she, she, she she's thankful as well. <laughs> I think I kind of get the same thing. My wife is always like, don't you have a podcast to do with your buddy Terrence? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I think I do. She's like, why don't you go do that? And that's code for I can watch my Hallmark movies and you're not going, hey, you know that one episode of Batman where Robin does such and such? <laughs> So yeah. tonight, uh, or today rather, uh, we're going to be taking uh, a little jump back and go back to the Arkham universe. Um, 
I uh, I really enjoyed doing the uh, kind of the solo show where I was talking uh, about the Batman Arkham Knight and kind of uh, Tim and Robin's portrayal in the video game. Uh, DC Comics came out uh, really cool. I do like uh, the Batman Arkham Knight comic book series, um, and I really have been enjoying it because uh, Peter Tomasi has been uh, writing it, and uh, I feel like it's very much, you know, tethered and tied in to the um, Arkham video game, but it from having read a lot of new 52 books, uh, the writing just feels very comfortable and really kind of easy to grasp, and it it feels a little bit more like Batman and Robin rather than having, you know, maybe some guy from Rocksteady writing the story. Not that they didn't do a good job, but I really feel like he gets the beats of the uh, Batman and Robin dynamic and just Batman in general, but still kind of having that alternate universe take to it. So since this is Robin, everyone loves the Drake. Uh, I thought it'd be really kind of cool to kind of go back to talk about Robin to wrap up the uh, 75th anniversary. And they came out with uh, some one shots. I think the Batgirl uh, Batman Arkham Knight one shot, I think is coming out in January and there might be um, an, actually a Harley Quinn, but the first one shot that came out out of the Batman uh, Arkham Knight universe was Batman Arkham Knight Robin special number one. So this takes a look at a little, a brief look in the window of kind of Tim Drake's everyday life and kind of what he uh, is going, uh, what is going on in his universe. And then uh, Terrence and I will spend a little bit of time talking about what we think of this version of Tim Drake and uh, how it differs, what's the same and all of that. So I just wanted to welcome everybody uh, to the, uh, my end of the 75th anniversary run here on Robin. Everyone loves the Drake Uh, for episode 32. I believe that's what this is. I keep forgetting my episode numbers. Yes. Episode, Episode 32. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Happy New Year and welcome to the show. This is where the synopsis would be uh, for this particular issue. And I've decided to call an audible here. I didn't tell Terrence about it uh, at the time because I just had the idea as I've been editing this together. Uh, Terrence and I uh, basically cover the issue in our discussion portion. And I've got something special coming up after Terrence and I's discussion. So I really hope you stay tuned uh, to the end of our discussion. And I thought it would kind of... um, 
shrink the episode just a, a little bit, uh, having, you know, a, a 10 minute or five minute, you know, uh, synopsis of the issue. And I had, you know, uh, the Arkham Knight soundtrack score going on underneath of it. And I, I like the way that it turned out, but, uh, I have a surprise at the end of Terrence and I's conversation. Actually, I have quite a few surprises at the end of uh, Terrence and I's conversation that I hope you, uh, tune in for. So, uh, you can hear Terrence and I will say, you know, we'll, we'll refer to the synopsis that you're not hearing. Uh, but like I said, in our discussion, we cover the issue uh, pretty in depth, actually. Uh, but I will read uh, the cover credits uh, for this particular issue. Uh, the issue is called The Apprentice, written by Peter J. Tomasi, uh, story and words, uh, Robins, Robins, bleh, Robinson. Raka, I think I even pronounced that his name wrong uh, in our discussion. Uh, he took care of the pencils. Uh, Daniel uh, Hernaniquez, I believe. Mainly, some of these names are always so hard to pronounce. Uh, he did the inks. Uh, Rob uh, Schwagner did the colors. Travis Lehman did the letters. Brittany Hollinser, assistant editor, and Alex. Uh, Antone, if I'm saying that, Anatone rather, uh, is the editor. Uh, Robin Tim Drake is created by Marv Wolfman and Pat Broderick. Uh, the costume, as I normally say, is done by Neil Adams and Orb Rayfogel. Uh, this particular costume is done by the guys over at Rocksteady uh, in the video game department. So we will go back to Terrence and I talking about this issue, uh, but you will hear us a couple times refer to the synopsis. But, uh, you know, I've decided to take that out to give you a little something uh, extra at the end. So uh, stay tuned for at the end of our discussion. I've got some uh, Robin 75th anniversary um, surprises for you. So stay tuned. This is George Perez at Cincinnati Comic Expo. And everybody likes to drink, especially the cakes. Thanks for uh, staying with us. Uh, we're back here now that we've kind of got the intro of the show out of the way. Um, I was trying to find something uh, to talk about for the 75th anniversary in this uh, issue. I, I enjoyed it and I thought... I kind of wondered what uh, Terrence's point of view uh, with Tim Drake uh, in this. Uh, we just heard the synopsis just a little bit ago. So now we'll kind of jump in uh, to this issue. Um, did you have any thoughts about what what Tim Drake was going to be like in this? Were you aware that this was Tim Drake? I'm, I'm sure you probably were. But did you have any uh, thoughts going uh, into this particular issue? Uh, a little bit. Um, I knew it was Tim Drake, and I knew it was a little bit different take on him um, from the video game. Um, I've never played the Arkham Knight video game, but I have watched on YouTube the entire, whatever, two and a half or three hours mm -hmm. of the entire story mode and all the cutscenes and everything. So I knew it wasn't Tim Drake from the 90s comic, but I knew it was still had some elements. Um, I thought, personally, I thought the most interesting aspect of the new um or tim drake in the in the video game was his relationship with batgirl and barbara yeah. gordon so i was kind of disappointed that this comic didn't touch on it at all there, there was nothing yeah. there's no batgirl no mention nothing so from that standpoint it was a little bit of a disappointment um I, I didn't mind this take on Robin, but it, it it almost seemed like a little bit of a regression where he was um, a little more like Damian Wayne and a little – even though he's an older and he's like got a job as a teacher, it, he seemed a little more juvenile yeah. you know, and a little more like, well, I got to prove Batman wrong and I'm not just a sidekick kind of stuff that you didn't really get out of 
the '90s Tim Drake. But then at the same point, he's 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 pretty smart, pretty resourceful. You know, he's he's pretty good um, fighting. So it's not like they totally made him you know a horrible character. They just kind of I think made him a little little more simplistic. You know, and the, the yeah. cool thing about Tim Drake, even in his earliest, even in the '90s, he was always kind of a complex character. And I think they took away some of that. Um, in here, but I, I get it. It's for the video game, yeah. and it's you know, so it 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 didn't bother me too much. Um, I do want to read this little um, uh, thing I picked up shortly after the video game came out. Is it's from um, uh, what is the publishing company? Uh, DK Books. They do a lot of like. Um, they're doing some of the Star Wars books right now where you can get like the tech manual of like what's inside the lightsaber or who's who in the Star Wars universe or uh, DC Comics. This is their Batman uh, Arkham Universe, the ultimate visual guide, and it covers all four video games, actually. Uh, this is the little write-up for the Tim Drake character. Uh, he's been called a sidekick, the boy wonder, but despite these lowly labels, Robin is truly a force to be reckoned with. A trained martial artist, um, uh, try that again, a trained martial artist, an expert detective, Robin is nearly as adept as Batman in crime fighting. Uh, Tim Drake is not only the first hero to assume the name of Robin. There have been two others before him. Dick Grayson, who is now known as Nightwing, and Jason Todd, who later adapted the guise of the vigilante called Red Hood. However, Tim Drake is loyal to the Dark Knight to a fault, and has even married one of Batman's closest allies, Barbara Gordon, the heroine known as Oracle. So, um, I had actually read this before playing the video game. Uh, what did you think about the, um, since you had seen the cutscenes, the the twist on the relationship, I know this is something that uh, Stella has kind of like frowned out a little bit over at the, the TBU podcast, but instead of Barbara being with Dick, she um, not only is with Tim, but has eventually at the end of the video game, uh, spoilers, now we're seven months <laughs> behind the video game, uh, they, Tim and Barbara are actually married. What do you think about their uh, that little twist on the uh, Barbara relationship? Uh, I liked it because I always liked Barbara Gordon and always thought she was, you know, pretty hot and smart and like who wouldn't want to, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, well, how can I say cleanly, but <laughs> Batgirl there. And, you know, um, I think I've had a crush on Batgirl ever since like I saw her at like five on the old Adam West show. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, oh. but so like who wouldn't? Um, and in the comics, like the nineties comics and, and on the Batman animated series, Tim was always so much younger than her, mm-hmm. like a good full, maybe eight to 10 years that them having a relationship wasn't even, you know, fees, you know, possible or feasible, um, without, you know, her getting arrested, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, it didn't, it wasn't thought of, but in the video game, having them much closer in age, I liked it because, you know, if they were closer in age, I think Barbara would be much more attractive. Uh, attracted to a Tim Drake kind of guy and his intelligence and, you know, then, you know, um, the more James Bond sleep with a different woman every week, you know, <laughs> uh, Dick, uh, Grayson kind of, kind of guy. So logically there, I thought it would make more sense. Um, and, uh, I thought it kind of spiced him up a little bit because the one thing in the nineties, he, he was kind of bland in that department. And yeah. I, you know, and they they would try to do stuff a little bit with the spoiler, and then it it would just kind of never really go anywhere, and he would always back off, and he was kind of like Wesley Crusher on the Enterprise, just kind of very <laughs> sterile and bland and blah. Um, so I remember there was one episode of Star Trek: Next Generation or something where some I don't know some 
I don't even remember but what the whole thing, but there was like some woman who was like going to have be with Wesley and he's like, No, I can't or whatever. I don't know. And I'm like, What is wrong with this guy? That's right there's why I think everybody hated him. So uh, I'm rambling here, but y- you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it added a, a dimension to Tim that was lacking and I thought from Barbara it didn't feel forced. It kinda seemed to make sense. Um uh, what did you think? I, I liked it. And uh, some people I had seen on the message boards and forums are like, no, that's wrong. I, I looked at it like when this video game first came out, the Arkham series, um, I think it was very much kind of supposed to be resemble what was going on in Canada, the comics. Uh, you know, the New 52 wasn't around yet. Tim Drake was Robin, even though he wasn't in Arkham Asylum. Uh, Oracle was very much around. So I think once the new 52 hit and Arkham city came out, they had to make a choice. Do we follow kind of that timeline and make it our own thing? Or do we kind of switch gears real quick and, you know, find an excuse to make Barbara walk and all that stuff. So I'm glad it kind of became the Arkham verse. And that gave them kind of a wide open palette of like, let's just try and do new and different things. And, you know, having the Arkham Knight be actually Jason Todd, and then go into becoming the Red Hood and doing all that type of stuff. Um, I, I thought it was different. It's like I've already read all these comics, so I didn't want to be playing a video game that you know you kind of saw all that stuff going on, and where I could go, oh yeah, that's right, you know that's this person and Dick and Babs are together. So hearing that it was Tim and Babs, I was like, oh that's that's new, that's different. So I always kind of like that when somebody will take that little bit of a twist or go, you know what, let's, let's swing for the fences on this and let's see how, how this pans out. Um, and they kind of skewed the timeline a little bit that, uh, Tim knows, uh, let me get this straight, that Tim was very much involved with Barbara before she becomes paralyzed. Um, just a little bit. So Jason has already, uh, been killed by the Joker and we find out in the Arkham universe that he's been trapped in the asylum uh, all this time. So I think only a few months have gone by from the death, quote-unquote, death of Jason Todd to Barbara getting paralyzed. So it's kind of hinted at in the comics that Tim was kind of right there as Barbara was going through her rehabilitation. So he, they were kind of flirting back in a Batgirl DLC in the video game where... Um, they kind of have this unspoken, like, you know, I know you like me and I like you type of thing. So I think it's the moment where as she's shot by the Joker that Tim is kind of there to, like, nurture her along and they kind of fall in love. So I, I liked that little twist that it almost appears like Dick and Barbara really never had a relationship. Although in the video game, she is wearing a flying Grayson's necklace. So there must be you know, a little something there. So that was my long-winded thing that for me to just to say, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, they're getting married. It's not like it's just dating or yeah. or a, a one-night thing. So I could definitely see like in the video game that the Jim Gordon character, like if Barbara came home with Dick Grayson, he'd be like, stay the heck away from my daughter, you know, yeah. and take out his revolver. Where Tim, I could see him more like put his arm around his shoulder and call him son and welcome to the family kind of, you know, guy. So I, I don't know if for me, it made sense. I hadn't listened. What was Stella's take? Was she against it? Uh, she, she, yeah, she, she was against it. Okay, she, yeah. And she's always like, no, it should be Dick and Barbara. And then Tom Paneris is always really good to say, well, I always liked Dick and Corey, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so See, that's, she, Me too. That's what I would think 
Like if you said who is Dick's the love of his life yeah. traditionally, I don't know where they're where they are with the new Fifty Two with all that, but it, traditionally I would say Starfire, not yeah. Barbara Gordon. Yeah, like in the new Fifty Two, I think Dick and Barbara it's still played off as it's on again, off again, but there's a Starfire. Uh, one shot with Grayson uh, crossing over and they're looking at their past relationship. So they definitely had a relationship where Barbara and Dick kind of, sort of still never really had anything official. So, and there was a, um, a Batman animated series and the movie, the, the, I forget the full title, but something like the Batwoman. Yes. And like, uh, Barbara was a little bit older and she was flirting a lot with Bruce. And I always liked that. I always, I always thought that was kind of interesting. And, you know, if Barbara was, you know, 18, 20, 22, I think she'd be much more attracted maybe to Bruce than Dick Grayson. So. Yeah, cool. Uh, I think what we'll do, we'll just kind of go through uh, the issue. We've already heard the synopsis, so I just kind of want to touch through a little bit of points. And I was wondering, uh, you know, we see in the very beginning where um, and Tim is, we find out, is in the Batcave going through, you know, kind of the training uh, the training mode and is kind of taken off all of the, the safety features and Alfred comes down. And I almost get the impression in this, once Alfred arrives in the Batcave, that Tim is still trying to prove himself like it's Tim has not been Robin for very long at this point. I'm thinking it's probably we're still in the months phrase. He's probably close to a year, but probably not quite. And Batman is really only using Robin of like point A to point B. Okay, I'm going to be here. I need you to bring the bat plane to bring me this gadget, which is is very, you know, video gamey. You have the sidekick coming in. Um, so you get that. Uh, like you were saying, where Tim is still trying to prove himself and saying that, you know, I'm, I'm more than just a sidekick. You know, I'm, I'm kind of equal to where uh, Batman is. What did you think about, I mean, you already kind of said, but, you know, Tim going through his paces that he's not the, you know, a Tim Drake of the, of the 90s. Yeah, you know, I, I like I started off with this book and I liked the cover. I thought the cover was kind of cool. It's kind of reminded me of Dustin Nguyen's art a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we started off and I didn't really know much about this book. You, you had sent me like a link that you were doing it and I picked it up at the store. And then I said, oh, written by Peter J. Tomasi. So I was like, oh, well, he's, this might be good. But then, you know, it starts off and you got the internal monologue and he's fighting Clayface, Killer Croc, and Bane at the same time. So I was kind of like, at first, I was like, well, these are three big heavy hitters. He's going up on his own here. And, but then I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's starting off very much like an X-Men book. And I forget who it was. Somebody was on the Fat Man with Batman podcast and I never noticed it till they said this. And now I notice it. Like all the X-Men books, especially in like the seventies, eighties and nineties all start the same way with like three pages of introduction. So it's always like a fight. And then it's like, you know, Cyclops and he's like, my name is Cyclops. I go to the <laughs> Xavier school in New York. I do the, you know, and there's like, you know, like that's how they all start. And I'm like, well, this is kind of starting off like an X-Men book. Like it's, you know, and then like somewhere in like, I guess page two or three, it kind of hit me like, oh wait, this might not be the real guys. This might be some kind of simulation. And I'm like, I hope it's not because I can't tell you how many X-Men books and cartoons <laughs> and even one of the movies start off with like some big battle and you, and then all of a sudden they're like end program and it was all just four pages of simulation. So when Alfred kind of showed up and it was a simulation, 
my first thought was like, well, this technology doesn't exist in the, but then I'm like, well, it's the video game and the technology is kind of off the scale for the video game. Yeah. So I can excuse it, but I just, I don't know. I just thought it was a really weak way to open the book. Um, with uh, like a simulation of – so I, I was a little disappointed there. I did think it p- kind of picked up a little bit when um, uh, Tim is kind of looking at the um, former Batsuit, and I'm assuming it's uh, Jason Todd's Batsuit, but it may not be because there's like a Batman suit too, and he's not dead. So I, I'm not really sure, but – um, yeah, in those first couple of pages, I was a little disappointed and I was getting the sense, okay, this isn't the Tim Drake that we know because the Tim Drake would have just said, whatever you need me to do, I'll do. If you want me to do this, if you want me to do monitor duty, if you want me to, right. you know, sit here for four hours, if you want me to get you a lemonade in the middle <laughs> of, you know, the narrows, I will. And then this one, like, I'm not your errand boy. I could kind of tell, all right, they're going for a little, little different take, but I thought the art was cool. I like his suit. Uh, it's a little mix of kind of the old, the new, the video game, mm-hmm. the hood. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll 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 buy into this new Tim Drake. I didn't realize though, not to jump ahead here, no. um, how much older he was because the first couple scenes and they showed the school. I was thinking he was a student, and then I was like, wow, he's re- he's a lot bigger than all of his classmates. Man, they're, they're kind of drawing him as like this like really buff dude, and then I realized. Like somebody calls him Mr. Drake, and then I went back. I'm like, oh, oh he's the teacher. He's a lot older than I'm, I'm used to with Robin. And yeah. then he did this the kind of gag here where he pretended he had like some horrible, toxic, um, uh, what's this stuff called? Uh, um, Titan. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he pretends to drink it in front of his class, and he's like, I'm like, man, that's a horrible thing to do. And then I realized, <laughs> oh wait a minute, I do that every year because we I do this thing. In my class, because in case people don't know, I'm a teacher, and I put dry ice in this stuff, and then I like pretend to um, be like, "Oh, well, you can't drink this stuff because it'll kill you." And then I drink it, and so the kids are like, "Ah!" And then (laughs) I pretend to choke and stuff. So I I guess maybe we're both horrible teachers. I was going to ask you. That was kind of one of the. I mean, I I I enjoyed the story because I was knowing that we're in in a little different universe, like to see a little different take. But some people were like, "Man, Tim's a real." jerk you know to his students he's like i don't remember how many you know i I never had any teachers do anything like that i always had a teacher that you know would act like he's you know he's stapling papers really fast he's going faster and faster and would make it look like he staples his finger to the paper you know and there'd always be that those two or three students that would bite and be like oh my gosh are you okay and he's like oh no i'm fine you know so yeah so to hear you say that you know sometimes i think you've probably got to engage your students just a little bit to like i need to pep them up i need to get them excited about whatever so i was wondering what your take on him being a teacher was and, uh, you know, I was going to ask you if you do anything like that. So uh, that an- you answered both of those yeah. questions. The only difference is like mine is dry ice and the kids know it's dry ice. It's kind of weird to bring in something that would have been like a, on the news. that been like I have some anthrax like right after the anthrax right. scare or after 9-11 or something like that's a little hardcore, you know, like yeah. Cause, Look, I mean, kids have made a pipe bomb, you know. <laughs> right. I mean. Uh, the whole thing with the Titan through the video game series, this is the thing that Bane uses, that the Joker ends up using. It's the poison that kills the Joker, and then it's the thing that's running through Batman. So for Tim to be like, this is this horrible thing, like you said, this is Ebola, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've got Ebola here in the class. I'm I'm sure Mr. Drake would have received some very unhappy notes. Yeah. <laughs> and to know that these are not just the, you know, 
average school kids from the you know the the narrows. This is the high end school. All the people that uh, Bruce would be hanging out with. Those are those people's kids. So you think Bruce are going to be like Tim? Uh, let's try not being a jerk in school. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's a reflection because. They're on, you know, a field trip here later on, going to um, like Wayne Tech. So I, I thought that was, you know, kind of cool. But I would have thought, you know, he would have got home and got an earful from uh, Bruce here. Yeah. Um, I I did have a hard time once we're into the uh, field trip. Um, that at first I thought, okay, here's Clayface, here's Killer Croc, and here's Bane. But it appears that, um, you know, they're you know going to break into the facility, which I thought was kind of, you know, uh, convenient that, you know, here's Tim. This is how we're going to get Tim to get to be Robin. But I thought, now, are, is this actually Killer Croc? I'm assuming that these are their, uh, are the henchmen or people that want to be, you know, part of the Bane gang or the Croc gang. Um, just their their dialogue doesn't quite seem very, you know, like them. Did you have that too, or did you know instantly this is, uh, these are just, you know, average thugs? You know, I thought that they were just average thugs wearing the ma- wearing the masks of them. And then at first I thought, well, that's just kind of ironic that the three guys he was fighting in the simulator this morning or yesterday are the right. three masks that they choose to spoil the end, which I guess people know the synopsis, knowing that the Arkham Knight, Jason Todd, is kind of like the architect of all this and watching over all this um, – I would assume that somehow Jason Todd like hacked into the Batcave or knew what was going on in the Batcave and knew what Tim was training on. And that's why those three masks were chosen. But, um, yeah, I think I, I kind of thought they were the thugs right away. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked that uh, Tim is carrying his costume with him. Um, it was very much um, like in the Batman animated series it, Bruce had his costume on underneath sometimes, but it usually was like in the movies or mostly in the animated series, Bruce would have to go to like the limousine, change in the back. This is really kind of uh, Superman-ish where, uh, you know, Tim knows he's going to have to carry his costume with him or has to have it underneath. So, of course, he's got his backpack that he's carrying around. Um, Tim's look with the buzz cut, I think, would kind of be a little bit more of a giveaway, which is maybe why he's wearing a a hood. Uh, did you care for the buzz cut for Tim? Kind of, I, They were billing him more as like he was a, a cage fighter or a martial artist. So that type of person would have that haircut to... It, it's not really prominent in the comic book. It just looks more like very short. But in the video game, you can tell it's he's very, 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 you know, almost a skinhead. I'm not not a skinhead, but you know what I mean. Does that his look bother you? Um, when I first saw it, when I first saw the artwork for the video game, I was kind of jarred by it. Not not so much that I hated it, just kind of shocked that it was so different. Um, and you know, I guess you can't really give him the, his nineties, you know, spiky haircut <laughs> right? and you got to update it. So, um, this is almost the invert of it. If yeah, the nineties yeah. is all about spiky and long hair, you know, nowadays it's very minimal and you know, I, that kind of makes sense for the universe that he's in. It's not my favorite, right. but I don't hate it. And you know, I can live with it. Um, and I like that they had a logic behind it. And that it is um, connects into fighting skills and and being a better martial artist and all that. So for that, you know, I'm fine with it. I still not my favorite look, but not so much that it it takes me out of the comic or that I, I can't get past it. Yeah, uh, 
I, I do enjoy uh, the look of it. But after playing, you know, once through the video game and then you get a, you know, try to get on a harder level. And with all the other DLC skins, uh, the one, my default now is the classic 90s, you know, spiky hair, Tim Drake, where I go, oh, that, that feels like Tim. And they also have his uh, one year later red and black costume. So uh, depending on, you know, what I'm doing, I flip back and forth. But again, I, I think that's why I really kind of liked uh, the Arkhamverse Tim uh, you know, being in the new 52 or whatever, and, you know, Damien's Robin and Tim is Red Robin, it was kind of cool to be reading a comic book where, I mean, yes, Tim is Robin, he's a very different Robin, but it was kind of like, this may be one of the last comics I'm going to read where Batman and Robin are Bruce Wayne and Tim Drake, so I, I kind of ate it up uh, just for that. Um, I do like uh, Tim's uh, very large Redbird motorcycle that... <laughs> It looks completely like unplausible as a motorcycle, and that it just happens to be at the you know Wayne Tech facility. I mean, of, of course, there would be all types of gadgets there, but you know the the front of the grill almost looks like it was like the Joker's mouth. I don't know if you can kind of see that mm-hmm. right above his arm, where he's like, uh, "That's what I thought too." So I thought, is he on a Joker mobile or something <laughs> like that? But uh, and they have uh, while the students are in the. Uh, and with the teacher in the locked uh, vault room, I believe that's actual Titan uh, formula that's on that table. Is, is that right? Is that the the Titan? Th- yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, that's what they're trying to get. Um, and I would have thought the uh, professor, or not the professor, but the uh, Wayne Tech uh, woman that's here um, has just met Tim Drake, the teacher, and coming up out of the like uh, storm grade or the lower part of the uh, laboratory is Robin with the buzz cut. Um, I know it's one of those like Clark Kent things like, oh, I can't tell you you're Clark Kent because of your glasses. And, you know, Superman combs his hair a little differently. I mean, this would have been like, Tim, you probably should have had your hood up for this because that would have been like, hey, you have the exact same haircut as their teacher. What? <laughs> but Yeah, I thought so too when he came up. I was like, in broad daylight, without the hood, you know, all the kids would be like, "Yeah, that's Mr. Drake in a red suit." You know, um, I did. I, I wondered though if her and I forget her name here um, knew maybe that he was yeah. Robin because oh, Doctor Emma Witt, and I'm not sure if she's in the game, but um, he mentions how like she was his toughest teacher and all that. So I didn't know if maybe she knew a little bit more. Maybe she was kind of a Lucius Fox-like type character yeah. and knew their secret. I, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I don't know, is that um, Robin motorcycle in the game at all? Or no. Or is this just for the comic? Okay. Just for the comic. Uh, he does, uh, in the comic series, this is his basic mode of transportation. You don't ever see it in the video game, because he's usually, it, in the Arkham Knight video game, like you've seen the cutscenes, he's usually always at that uh, lab um, mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum, you or Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. You see him once, but he comes in swinging uh, to the rooftop. But in the uh, two comic series, uh, he's always using a bike of of some sorts. Or I think he took the bat plane uh, one time. So yeah, this was just for the Arkham Knight comic series, but you don't ever see it in the uh, actual video game. One thing I really did like with this whole sequence is that it's all Robin. Like 
Batman doesn't come in and save him or come in at the end or the ple- you know it's all it even though it's not really the most complex story and there really aren't any twists and turns some right. bad guy shows up he rescues the kids and beats up the bad guys I mean it's as simple as you can get it was just all Robin it wasn't like they beat him up and then they tied him up and Batman had to come rescue him or any takes care of everything pretty well. It's not like the traditional like, oh, well, I messed up, but I'm going to learn from it next time or, or anything. Yeah. Um, there is one page I wanted to ask you. Cause my pages aren't numbered, but there's the, the advertisement for Arrow. And then the, the next two pages, he's doing a kick and, and he it says whack and scrunch. How in the heck is his leg behind him like that? <laughs> do, do you see what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. And I've looked at it a lot because sometimes you see it and it's not really atom. I can't say the word anatomically correct, right? Correct. <laughs> but it's it's off just a little bit that it's art and it looks okay. And sometimes it's way off, but you think, oh, it's kind of maybe movement or something. But that it looks like he's got a, a leg growing out of the back of his spine, or <laughs> you know, which yeah. I'm, that's the clean version of me saying that. Um, right, right. Did that? You catch that right I, away? Or? I caught it too, and I. At first, I thought it was his arm. Like, oh, that, that's his hand. They drew, you know, uh, a Rob Liefeld fist right there. And then I start going, well, no, he's on his left arm supporting his weight. And what I thought was, you could see the gun coming in under the, you know, scrunk or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. You know, that hand is going in there. And I'm like, that his, is his leg. Uh, that's coming right out of the back part of his hood almost. So, yeah. Um, I know sometimes they'll take the liberty of going, well, the leg doesn't really go this high, but that's uh, – he could scratch his rear with <laughs> his back foot like that. You know, you know I think what might have happened too is you know, they, this is sort of getting toward the end of the book, and I thought the art overall, overall was pretty well done, but they might have been rushing a little bit here at the end because if yeah. you look at the backgrounds, the backgrounds are pretty plain. There's like almost nothing in the backgrounds, and then on the, the – same page, the lower left panel, the coloring is all wrong on the Robin suit. Yeah. Like it's just red. It doesn't have some of the detail. And the torso looks like way too long. Um, the Underneath the cape is colored red instead of yellow. So my guess is that they just didn't have time to kind of redraw it or redo it. Yeah. Like you got to churn these out on time. So This is Robinson Rocha, Rocha, I think is doing the pencils on this. So this might have been, being that it's a, a one shot, it was, like you said, it's probably a deadline. We got to get this out, um, just so we can kind of keep churning the story. Um, I'm surprised that Tomasi has stayed on. Uh, the one shots I think were, are going to be basically like filler. Um, this is not the greatest thing, but I liked it uh, for the same reason that you said that this is a Robin story. Batman's you don't see him anywhere in here at all. You just get the mention of him and it's, you know, him, you know, trying to prove himself. I would have liked to have seen an actual real villain since we started off with uh, Croc, Bane and Clayface. I would have kind of liked to see, okay, here, here the three really are. Let's see how he can really handle himself. So I thought it was kind of underserving of Tim to just get the wannabe thugs from the Arkham Knight. So I would have liked to have seen maybe at least Killer Croc show up and, you get a little sense from Tim, like, okay, this isn't the simulator. This is the real deal. Um, I do like that, you know, once he's done taking him, the police have got him, that he uh, – this is something I always thought that they didn't quite do well in some comics or TV series. The hero 
would come and save the day, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, he was locked in that room with everybody else, and now all of a sudden magically you're not there. So I liked he took that little bit of a beat to get out of the costume, to lay on the floor, and make it look like you know he had been there the whole entire time. So I thought that was kind of cool. I always like those little those little parts where maybe sometimes they'll skip over it in a movie or a TV show. I always wanted that little second of like, oh, hey, he was still locked in that closet. So um, I like to just on, on a story perspective that we do see uh, Tim, uh, you know, made it look like he got his, you know, rear handed to him by some of the guys to kind of keep his disguise there. Yeah, I always like little stuff like that. Like I remember in um, the Death of Superman comics when Superman came back, they did a little beat that like Clark Kent had been like trapped under rubble. And he gets rescued to try to explain why, oh, why Clark all of a sudden came back the same day, you know, Superman was back. Um, so yeah, that, that was a, a good little beat too. And, um, the one thing I thought was missing from this book, um, cause I'm, I have not been reading the Arkham Knight series. And, you know, I don't know how much of it is the, the video game. There's a lot of the internal dialogue with mm-hmm. Tim talking about, you know, is he good enough? And I'm not the errand boy and all that. I, I would have liked just maybe a panel or two to, to, to recap his origin because I don't really know his origin in the video game series. And it, are his parents alive or are his parents dead or, you know, how did how exactly did he meet Bruce Wayne and, and all that? And you figure these one shots, they're trying to maybe pick up a casual fan or someone who's not really reading it that much. So I don't really know much about it. Have they gone into detail and in other things about that? Not not really. Uh, the only information that I got a little piece is from this book that it's the actual Arkham Knight, a.k.a. Jason Todd, saying, uh, however the test showed, uh, the Batman's ward is better than I realized. So... By thinking that Bruce obviously adopted him and he's his ward for whatever reason, that leads me to believe that his parents are either gone. I don't think they're like in the new 52 and witness protection. I but believe they're probably dead. So this is the only inkling that I've ever read uh, of the fate of Tim's parents. I don't know what caused that, but um, I was that I was the same way with you. I was really kind of hoping to get that beat that opened up like hey here's here's the information that you need to know about the Tim Drake Robin character and even the little read up i read in the Arkham Universe book uh that's not mentioned either at all so even like a little throwaway like hey yeah. i remember that day in the orphanage when uh Bruce Wayne showed up and gave me that look <laughs> and i just knew he was batman <laughs> you know you, what you would I, hear people ye- screaming <laughs> my way yeah uh this is a personal edit- editorial note for myself and i'll probably leave it in here i'm going to put that line of dialogue and it's probably going to open up this episode i'm just going to let you know that right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh and of course this ends uh it with the Kind of Arkham Knight, just basically saying this is you know one of many tests. Um, in the video game, uh, Jason, when he finally comes face to face with Bruce, says, you know, how long did you wait to replace me? A month, a day, a week, you know. So at least in Jason's mind, it must have been pretty quick that Bruce finds Tim and brings him on. So what we under can kind of understand the rage that uh, Jason has that you know you just completely forgot about me. And I thought it was a cool moment that you find out that, you know, Bruce was still 
looking for him this whole entire time and just had no leads. Uh, but I digress. Uh, the book ends with us back in the Bat Cave and Tim kind of going back through uh, the paces again. And I like the uh, uh, last, you know, final page here where Alfred's running the simulator. And then uh, instead of going up against three, uh, Robin's got himself going up against Poison Ivy, the Scarecrow, Riddler, um, Solomon Grundy, which I thought was kind of funny, and Harley Quinn. And uh, the last lines read, and that means I'm doing something right, you know, that he's uh, going through the paces and that Batman chose him to wear the mask for a reason. So uh, he's kind of come to the realization that, you know, he's Robin for the right reasons and that he doesn't need to kind of constantly keep, you know, saying, you know, do I have your approval? Do I have your approval? If if Batman didn't have your approval, you wouldn't be in the costume. So, um it's not the greatest uh, comic book ever written, but um, I thought it was a kind of a nice way to kind of wrap up the year in uh, the 75th anniversary of Robin. And the last DLC has officially come out. There is one more DLC for the video game that I'm kind of excited for. They're bringing back six uh, challenge maps from the old uh, video game series from Arkham Asylum and Arkham City and going to kind of give them a next-gen uh, feel to them. So... Um, it's been fun uh, playing the video game series, and I really kind of felt like Arkham Knight, even though it's a Batman story, you've got Nightwing in it, you've got uh, Red Hood in it, you've got Tim Drake in it. So it really kind of felt like this was it was a nice Robin family unit in the Arkhamverse, and um, a, a universe that I'm going to be sad to see uh, ending, so I thought I would kind of end on uh, the Arkham universe for... Uh, 2015. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this portion of the podcast. I've got a couple cool things at the tail end of here to kind of uh, finish off the 75th anniversary of Robin. Uh, I hope you've had a wonderful holiday season, Terrence. Happy New Year. Do you guys have any New Year's plans at all? No, nah, we, we keep it kind of quiet. We just cool. kind of watch the ball drop on TV. Yeah, we try to, and, I, and by try, I mean... You know, we have to set an alarm on our phones for 11.55, so we wake up and go, oh, there's this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, cool. Uh, we'll see everybody next year. Have a safe and happy new year, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side in 2016. And I think we're going to be spending a lot of time in the movie theater in 2016. Oh, yeah. 2016, that seems so so weird to say. So, All right, we'll, we will see everybody, and uh, take care. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Come on, Robin, to the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. All right, again, uh, a big thank you to Terrence for uh, doing Robin. Everyone loves the drink with me. He has done almost every episode this year of 2015, save, I think, one or two. So, again, a big thank you. Um, I decided to reach out to some fellow podcasters, some fellow YouTube reviewers, and just some good friends of mine uh, that I know are Robin fans or uh, just like talking comics in general. So I sent out some emails and made some phone calls and texted. Well, in this day and age, I don't think I actually called anybody, but you know what I mean. And I got some really cool uh, responses and replies. And I just sent out a, a general email text that said, you know, hey, I, I would like you to contribute a little something. Uh, it could be any length, uh, five minutes, 10 minutes, 13 minutes, whatever. And I had some wonderful friends uh, contribute some sound bites and sound clips to kind of close out the 75th anniversary of Robin. Even though this is Robin, everyone loves the Drake. 
everyone loves Robin, the boy wonder. So you'll hear people talk about uh, Jason Todd and Tim Drake and Dick Grayson and Carrie Kelly and Stephanie Brown and uh, all of the Robins, Damian Wayne, whoever the Robins are. Um, I have some really good friends and I will let them introduce themselves as uh, they come in and out here. So without further ado, let's celebrate the 75th anniversary of Robin. I hope you guys enjoy this. <laughs> pizza Hut, pizza to go. I said a Pizza Hut, pizza to go. I said Pizza Hut, pizza to go. It's time for the good night, baby. A little bit like all music. Appreciate your podcast. We appreciate you. Uh oh. All right, guys. Thank you, Rob, for letting me be part of your podcast. Um, I'm my name is Jason Chapman. I'm or you know you could know me from Chapman Films on YouTube. I'm like Rob. I do action figure reviews and stuff like that. But I'm also part of Good Night Sleepyhead. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. What we do is we review dreams and stuff like that. But we also have a music podcast. Just type in in iTunes. Type in Good Night Sleepyhead. And what we do there is um, we review music, our favorite songs, songs we hate. Um, anything that covers music. It's a music podcast where we, 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 we <laughs> review music. But today, I'm not here to talk about that. Rob has asked me, and I told him I would, and I want to, of course. We, I want to talk about my thoughts on Robin, because it's end of this... Well, 2015 was the um, 75 years of Robin, as we all know. That's why we're all here, listening to this podcast. But um, Rob wanted me to speak about my thoughts and my feelings about Robin. And like Rob, um, I'm also a big Robin fan. Um, I've uh, it's, it's more of a personal story because I went to high school with R- Robin. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what, it's more of a personal story because growing up, you know, I love Batman and then I love Robin. But I'm old enough to remember when there was only one Robin, the original Dick Grayson, and I've when I was younger, I was like I could relate to Robin. You know, that's what Robin was made for, obviously for to for kids to relate to him. But I personally could relate to Robin because, you know, my dad was a police officer when I was growing up. He's retired now, thank goodness. But um, yeah, I, I would watch my dad get ready for work, and I would just imagine what Dick Grayson would feel like if he was stuck back at Wayne Manor watching Batman suit up. And that's the way I felt. You know, I always had this connection of like about that. You know, my dad could be like Batman. You know, he fight especially when he worked nights on the night shift. He fights crime at night like Batman. And there's been a time or two where I was lucky enough to have a ride along with him or his. Um, uh, security job he did on the side there too you know i especially got to go out with him on those nights and uh, i would always pretend i was a uh, robin and uh, dick grayson then you know eventually my dad was also a big comic book fan and he's the one that introduced me to comics and then there was a uh, you know where i remember when dick grayson wasn't robin anymore and that was a big deal i was like oh my goodness because my dad read teen titans and I would kind of glance at him, and then, you know, if the, the story caught my eye, I would read them because, you know, I just wanted to read Batman and Robin, or just Batman at one point. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, there's no more Robin. You know, how could they do that? You know, how? And then, um, so, you know, eventually he became Nightwing, which, you know, he had that, in that 
disco era type suit. Um, so I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. And then eventually over the years, his Dick Grayson's uh, Nightwing's costumes changed for the better, thank goodness. But um, and then I remember, you know, like I said, I'm old enough to remember the pre-crisis Jason Todd, where he had more of the circus background and uh, the non-black hair. I think it was red or blonde, if I remember right. And I and I didn't know about that. I'm like, uh, that's cool. His name is Jason because my name is Jason. But I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't like that. Why don't they just put Robin, Dick Grayson, back as Robin? But, you know, then Crisis came along, and they rebooted everything, even back in those days, back in the early 80s, they did that. And I was like, oh, that's okay. And I remember, like, okay, he's a little bit more relatable for some reason. And, you know, there's better writers, I guess. And they changed his um, origin a little bit, obviously, too. And um, because I didn't like, you know, I was like, couldn't couldn't they think of a different origin for Robin? You know, does he have to have the same background, the circus? As Dick Grayson. Well, they changed his origin, obviously, to uh, more of a car thief. He was stealing the Batmobile's wheels and all that. But what really started me liking Jason Todd was in um, Batman. I'm looking right at it here. I still have it. Um, Batman issue 416, February of 1988. That's when Dick Grayson and uh, uh, Jason Todd meet unofficially or officially in the new universe for back then for the first time. And that's a really cool comment because Dick talks about, you know, how he felt when he found out that Batman had a new partner. It was in the newspaper, which I'm like, uh, really? <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole different topic. But yeah, so you read it in the newspaper. Batman got a new uh, partner. And um, so I was like, but, you know, I just thought it was a cool story. And at the very end, you know, they they beat some criminals up and Batman's overseeing them. Even though they don't know what you know, he's sm- kind of smiling at them, so he kind of proves. And then the whole death in the family came around, and then um, Jason Todd died. If I knew about the number, I would have called. But at that time, we didn't have a comic book store here in my hometown, which we only had one for a short time. But now we don't have one at all. And so anyway, so I read Death in Family One, Part One, then Part Two, and then Part Four. I couldn't find part three anywhere. So I was very upset. My dad drove me to the city. Well, the city as in Oklahoma City. It's a town about an hour and a half, two hours away. And um, he bought me for 30 bucks, even for back then. He Scalpers. He bought me Death in the Family 3 so we could figure out what happened and how Jason died. So that was a pretty cool memory. And then I was like, oh, if I knew about that, I would have called and i would have probably voted him dead too because you know i thought that was a very interesting story and a very bold move for um, dc at the time so and then the batman didn't have a robin for the longest time and then the lonely place of dying came out that little miniseries and then tim drake came around i'm like oh for some reason i can relate to him he's a smart kid he can not saying I'm smart, but you know he's, he, he could. You know he figured out who Batman was. You know he wasn't a dumb kid. You know, so Death and Family came out. I thought it was really cool. I was like, oh, I think I can like this Tim Drake character. And then issue 457. You know he dons that Robin costume on for a little bit. The original Robin no pants type <laughs> costume. Then issue 457 comes around. He finally puts on what we all love, the official Tim Drake Robin with the pants and stuff like that. I remember as a kid, though, 
we would always say, okay, let's play Batman and Robin. I'll be Batman. I always said, I'll be Robin, but I want pants. And they're like, what? What? You know, we. I said, I, I, I like Robin, but I wish he wore pants, even though he wore skin tight pants in the 66 series, which I loved. Yeah, but no, we would always have to make a point. I'm Robin with pants. So, so in the 457, he's in his new costume and he's wearing pants. I'm like, oh my goodness. I remember coming back and at that time we ha- we did have a comic store for a very very short time here in my hometown and i remember we i was so excited about the cover because on the cover it's batman upside down has the scarecrow spiders crawling all over batman and he got this dark silhouette of a of a robin character coming in i'm like oh i gotta read this and i didn't look in the back thank goodness i didn't look in the back because usually i kind of flip through it but this issue on the way home i was trying to save it for home but i couldn't put it down so i started reading it in the car which i can't do now because of motion sickness because i'm older now but then finally when i get to the very end page where robin tim drake says uh gentlemen meet the new robin and i'm like oh my goodness that is such a cool costume. The humongous R back then, the uh, green pants, you know, the cool boots, and um, his uh, green domino mask. I love the R. I was like, oh my goodness, his logo was so cool. And Bruce and Alfred standing there approving of you know of the new Robin costume. And obviously, everyone loved that costume because it caught on on the cartoons and all that and. Now they kind of uh, what is he, what's the right word? Um, uh, you know, now when they the new Fifty Two when they draw Robin, Dick Grayson, they kind of draw him in that outfit too. So a very cool updated look for Robin for us. Yeah, but like I said, you know Tim Drake at that time, and well in eighty eight, I was the same age as Tim Drake. So my dad go to work, I'm like, ah, that's cool. He's Batman, and I'm Robin. So I always had that really. You know, personal connection with Robin, especially with the Tim Drake character. And then um, got older. Tim stayed the same age, which, I, you know, I was like, oh, this is weird. You know, I kind of stopped reading comics there for a short time. Um, probably my third year in the Navy, I started reading them again, caught up. Like, okay, I can still relate to this character, even though he's a teenager still. And then, you know, he eventually had the, he met the spoiler and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I like I like them together. And then uh, older, uh, maybe not much wiser, but Damien came along. I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious? They have to get another Robin. Tim is all we need. This... You know, make him older. Make him wear the Red Robin costume, which I love the kind of the Batman looking one. And I said, like, oh my gosh, why they got to do this? And then uh, then Damien died. I'm like, oh, well, this sucks. And by now, when, by the time Damien di- died, I just, tur- I just became a father myself. So I kind of read those issues online on my iPad. And I'm like, wow, this, this would suck. You know, you know. Bruce lost his boy over something, you know, that didn't really need to happen, kind of. And I'm like, oh, this is sad, you know. So I started going back and some back issues, buying the Damien action figures, and I was like, you know, I can relate to Bruce now. This time, I can relate to Bruce. I can't relate to Robin, but I can relate to Bruce, father and son relationship. And then finally, they brought Damien back. Thank goodness. 
And um, so hopefully, you know, it's been a while since I read a Batman and Robin comic, but uh, I do appreciate the Batman and Robin as father and son blood. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, Batman and Dick Grayson in the early years when there was only one Robin. So being a new father, I can appreciate Damien a lot more now. And, um, yeah, I have always gravitated more toward Robin instead of Batman. Of course, I love Batman. And now Batman's oversaturating the market with everything. And I'm very excited about the movie, but I'd like to see more Robin stuff. And so 75 years of Robin, 75th anniversary of Robin came out. I was thinking DC is going to make cool, cool action figures of him because that's what they did with Batman. Nothing. A little bit upset about that. And um, so, but uh, yeah, so I'm happy Robin's been around. I hope my boy, when he gets old enough to read comics, he can relate to Robin. And hopefully I'll be his Batman. And um, so that's all I got to say. Thanks, Rob, for letting me be part of this podcast. Like I said, guys, check out my show, Good Night Sleepy Hit Show. Just type it on iTunes. It's a music re- review podcast where we review music, mostly older stuff you don't really hear on the radio anymore, and some rare stuff. And I also have a Chapman Films under YouTube where I review action figures. And I have a, or you can type in Good Night Sleepy Head on YouTube and find my other kind of sketch uh, funny stuff about dreams and stuff like that. You know, we haven't been doing too much with that lately due to my schedule, but the music podcast and my action figure reviews, that's definitely where to find me. If you want to write to me, write to me at goodnight sleepy hit show, S H O W at gmail.com. Thanks Rob. Once again, I'll admit, I hope I didn't ramble too much. Okay. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Hey, Rob, and hey, everybody, it's Tom Panneries, former Robin podcaster, as I was the host of Taking Flight, which covered the career of the original Robin, Dick Grayson, when he left his original identity behind to become Nightwing. Robin, the sensational find of 1940, turned 75 this year, and I wanted to share a few words with you and your listeners as to why he is such an important character, why he has been around for what is now three quarters of a century, and what I have learned as a result of covering his adventures on a podcast. I started taking flight a few years ago when I was in the middle of an incredibly long series of blog posts about the 1990s New Titans comics called My Life as a Teen Titan. I had reached the point where I wanted to spend some time putting the spotlight on Dick Grayson, who by then had been Nightwing for the better part of a decade and was actually about to leave the team he had been leading for quite some time and return to the fold of the Bat family. While I'm sure that moment never got the attention of a number of people considering the Titans weren't selling at the rate of, say, the X-Books, it was still important. After all, Dick Grayson, whether as Robin or Nightwing, had been leading the Teen Titans slash New Titans since their inception back in the 1960s and was the leader throughout their 1980s heyday. Later writers would gloss over his time with the group, which is a shame because he and the Titans were integral to the success of DC Comics when they were at their height. So what I did after recapping Robin's origin story as well as some of my favorite Robin stories was trace his time with the Titans through his evolution into Nightwing and then his eventual leaving the team, events which also affected or were affected by what was going on in the Batman books at the time. This included the Judas Contract, A Death in the Family, Year 3, A Lonely Place of Dying, The Origin of Tim Drake, and Prodigal.
It was a great era for Robin, and I closed it out with one of my all-time favorite Robin and Nightwing stories, which was from Nightwing number 25. Yes, there were more episodes after that, but that was the core of Taking Flight's mission, a show about how a boy wonder became more than that and grew to be his own man. I learned a few things while studying this character, and I'd like to close out this little ramble of mine by sharing five of them with you. One, buy a pop filter for your microphone. Trust me on this. Two, if you have a mission or a self-imposed mandate that says you're going to stick to a certain number of stories or episodes and stop at the end of a particular storyline or issue, stick with it. The consequences of not doing so are a precipitous drop in quality that will mar everything that came before it. Three, do not comment on major Batman stories unless you have done the proper postgraduate work. The only people qualified to do so are the ones who have earned doctorates from prestigious universities and their word is final and cannot be challenged. Four, resign yourself to the following. Either Batman's super secret power is that he ages exponentially slower than everyone else on the planet, or being Robin at this point is like that summer internship with a publishing company you once had. Which it might be, because I'm pretty sure that Jason Todd could fix a photocopier jam. And finally, five, and in all seriousness, I cannot emphasize this more than I am right now. Tim Drake said it best, Batman needs Robin. Now, don't give me any of that I prefer him as a gothic loner crap and unload everything you learned from sort of paying attention to the Nolan films while you were reaching level 857 on Candy Crush the other night. While Batman has had times in his career where he definitely worked alone and has been fine doing so, for the majority of time in his that cape and cowl, he has had the boy wonder fighting alongside him. And that's one of the most important things about that character. Why, you ask? Why should anyone care about a kid in short pants, pixie boots, and a yellow cape who says, holy this and holy that? Well, Robin is everything that Batman wants to be, as well as everything he wants to leave behind. Dick Grayson is orphaned around the same age as Bruce Wayne was, And he winds up growing up as a well-adjusted man who, yeah, he's got his insecurities as we all do, but he has a a childhood, a childhood without a massive amounts of grief and guilt in his hands. This is something Bruce never did. He's able to laugh, play, smile, and even he falls in love. He falls in love with Starfire. Yes, Stella, Corey. And whereas Bruce seems to never be able to hold on to really anything like that long enough, even his, his great loves. Yeah, there's Selena Kyle, there's Silver St. Cloud, there's Talia al Ghul, but something always gets in the way. And, and Robin, Robin is just, he's the humanity that Batman lost at the hands of Joe Chill. And he's also Batman's legacy. Batman raised him, trained him, helped him make him who he is. When Batman dies, Robin is there to carry on, either literally or figuratively. Because we've seen both. Robin gives Batman humanity, perspective, and legacy. Nothing is more important to a comic book character than that. So thanks again, Rob, for letting me come on and say my piece here. Uh, you can check out old episodes of Taking Flight if you're interested. If you're looking for me currently, I'm over at Pop Culture Affidavit. 
where I cover everything random in the world of popular culture, as well as on In Country, where I'm taking a look at an issue-by-issue look at the Marvel Comics series, The Nom. Both you can find at popcultureaffidavit.com and are on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you can find at twotruefreaks.com. Thanks again, Rob, and take care. Hey, this is Richard Knepp, and I've always been a fan of Robin, specifically Dick Grayson, and his older superhero persona, Nightwing, is one of my all-time favorite DC characters. Now, part of the reason why I love Nightwing so much is because he was Robin. Uh, My first introduction to the characters of Batman and Robin was actually through the 66 TV series and through cartoons like the Super Friends. For most of my childhood, I had absolutely no concept of a Batman who worked alone. I had no idea that that had even been a thing in the comics. To me, it was always Batman and Robin. And as a kid, I was absolutely fascinated with Batman, but I also loved the character of Robin, and I think I was drawn to Robin, Dick Grayson, for the exact reasons why the character was initially created in the comic books. He was a hero that I could relate to in the world of Batman. Um, as a young boy, you you can dream about working hard and, you know, one day becoming Batman. But Robin was someone you could see yourself becoming right now. You could easily see yourself as a kid going out and fighting crime with Batman, just like Robin did every week. Now, I've never been a consistent comic book reader, and there was a period right before high school when I didn't read any comic books. I think that's why for so many years... I was unaware of how the history of Robin had developed. I had no idea who Jason Todd really was, and I had never even heard the name Tim Drake until I was an adult. I did, ironically, sort of hear the name Carrie Kelly, but that's just because in high school there were so many people talking about The Dark Knight Returns. Well, after high school, and mostly because of the release of the 89 Tim Burton Batman movie, my interest in the world of The Dark Knight was renewed. Now, back in the day, the 89 Batman movie was considered to be very dark and kind of mature, you know, compared to everything else that we had seen of a live-action Batman. And as cool as I thought this independent, brooding Batman in the movie was, I remember one of my first thoughts was, where's Robin? Why isn't he in the movie with Batman? You know, is he going to be in the next movie? And I remember a friend of mine mistakenly telling me, Yeah, Batman works alone now, man. Didn't you know they killed Robin? But don't worry, he came back, and Robin grew up and became a different superhero. Now, after hearing that, I didn't rush out and get the latest issue of Nightwing, but I did gradually begin to put the pieces together. I learned more about the other Robins. I learned more about why some fans hated Jason Todd and why DC gave the fans the option of killing him off. And I learned there was another Robin after that, and more importantly... I learned more and more about what happened to my Robin, Dick Grayson. Uh, The more I learned about the character of Nightwing, his move to Bloodhaven, um, how his uniform evolved, how his relationship to Batman evolved, the more and more I loved the character. It kind of ties back to the original love for the character of Robin. If you're a kid and you're sort of living vicariously through the character of Robin, and then you see that the character of Robin has also grown up and has become his own superhero, his own character, there's just something really cool and really exciting about that. You know, uh, There's a small part of you that still lives vicariously, now through the character of Nightwing. These days, I love seeing the original team-up of Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, Batman and Nightwing, whether it's in the comic books, um, in an animated movie like Under the Red Hood, or in a game like Arkham Knight. 
it's great seeing Batman and Nightwing team up because we all know about that, that history between the two of them. I think if you ask most fans, the same would be true about the original Batman and Robin. The dynamic duo is so rooted in our popular culture, it's just natural to think of Batman and Robin side by side. And I believe the character of Robin, the boy, or the girl, Wonder, uh, regardless of who is under the mask, is just as much a part of our popular culture as the Dark Knight. Hello, Rob. Hello. This is Andrew Leyland. And I'm Michael Leyland. And we host Hey Kids Comics, which is now intermittent on the Two True Freaks Network. And I also host Palace of Glittering Delights, which I'm just going to get a plug in. And Rob has asked us to get in touch very briefly to celebrate Robin's 75th anniversary. Now, we did an episode all about Robin's 75th anniversary. Everybody loves Dick. (laughs) Is what we called it. Absolutely. I think we got away with that. I don't think anyone spotted the smutty undercurrent of innuendo inherent in that title. (laughs) I think it just sailed over everybody. So subtle, was it? Yeah. Sailed over everyone's head, didn't it? Quite a highbrow joke. (laughs) Exceptionally highbrow. (laughs) But anyway, Rob's asked us to do a little brief thing for his show, talking about Robin and what Robin means to us. For me, Robin's Dick Grayson. Mm. And when I was growing up, and I were a lad. It's where all feels. When I was growing up, it was mostly reading reprinted Batman books from the 70s and picking up the US comics from the 80s, where Robin wasn't a mainstay. Robin was off at college, he showed up, he had some adventures with the Batman, and then he buggered off back to college. And that was the Robin that I knew, apart from the, the Burt Ward TV show. And then I started reading Teen Titans, uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez, and that's where Robin graduated into being Nightwing. And that is still my definitive version of Robin running kind of neck and neck with Chuck Dixon's run on Nightwing Mm. where I think Dixon really did take Dick Grayson to the next step in his evolution as a character so my favourite Robin is Dick Grayson and my favourite era are the Wolfman Perez Titans and Chuck Dixon's Nightwing with a smattering of Steve Englehart stuff on Batman thrown in for good measure and um, Daughter of the Demons a good one as well that's a good Robin story even though it's not actually a Robin story yeah. but it's, it's a Robin's the impetus for the adventure so that's mine who's your favourite Robin Michael? Uh, Dick Grayson again is it? I honestly thought you'd go for Damien Damien's it's a tie because for Damien I, I thought what Morrison did with the character which was the whole point of the character hmm was really interesting and especially interesting to see such a hated character grow over time Mm. to the point where his death despite being the only reason he was created in the first place to be quite 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 sad Mm. well that was the point like you said that was the point of the arc wasn't it yeah he created a character he wanted the audience to dislike Mm. with the sole point of over time turning into somebody you did like and then kill him off yeah and you know fair play he achieved that it worked and uh but yeah dick dick grayson because I, i grew up reading the chuck dixon nightwing yeah, you used to always nick my trade paperbacks. So you? even if, you know, it might be cheating, because technically it's, he's only my favourite Robin because I like Nightwing. Yeah, by default. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... Okay. That's, and plus, I like the uh, brotherly bond between him and Bruce and him and Damien. I, I like it between him and Tim. 
Yeah, yeah, because that's the nineties Yeah, the yeah. Big Brother, the two essentially Big Brother, Little Brother, yeah, of yeah. Bruce Wayne. Although, as we've said before, we think Bruce Wayne is the Big Brother. Alfred really the parent. Yeah, that's our take on it. Anyway, all right, okay. Thank you, Rob. Happy celebration of Robin's seventy fifth, and we'll speak real soon. Bye bye. Goodbye. Holy hole in a donut. Hey, this is Stuart Murray. Being primarily a Superman fan, there haven't been an abundance of times where my favourite character has had close interactions with the Boy Wonder. However, I have always been a fan of the character nonetheless. My first memory of Robin was actually getting the Superpowers Robin figure as a child. At the time, I had no idea who he was, but I remember being drawn to the bright colour scheme and that cool karate chop action feature that he had. Soon after, I think I saw the 66 Batman series and Burt Ward's performance really brought the character to life for me. I loved him in the role. Energetic, fun, and he was always very no-nonsense with his glove punching and his holy quips. Apparently there were 356 holy... Batman, you know, quips in total utter during the series. Holy consistency, Batman. Now, to me, that was Robin. For the majority of my childhood, I had no idea that Robin had such a detailed and fleshed-out character in the comics, or that there had been so many incarnations of Robin in addition to Dick Grayson. As time has gone on, I've enjoyed catching up with all the other Robins by reading the comics, watching the animated series, the animated movies, the live-action movies, yes, even Batman and Robin too. But for me, Dick Grayson will always be my favourite. His inception was steeped in tragedy, just like Bruce's with the loss of his parents. Taken in as a young ward and eventually trained to be the ultimate crime-fighting sidekick, able to go toe-to-toe with some of Batman's worst villains and emerge victorious. I think the great thing about Robin is that he can often be a way in for young kids and readers to imagine that they could be a hero too in the DC Universe. To empathise and identify with this young boy who's gone through hardship but through training and dedication can actually make the world a better place. I've always liked the idea that Batman needs a Robin in his life to maintain his sense of humanity. When Dick decided to leave Batman, move to Bloodhaven and become Nightwing, I always felt that it was a perfect progression of the character and that he would, you know, essentially take what Batman taught him and become his own man. Personally, I like to think that Dick was always Batman's favourite Robin too, the benchmark that he measures all future Robins on. Hands down, one of the most well-known sidekicks in history, not only in comics, but in popular culture too, and I continue to enjoy seeing where the DC writers take the character to, and who will be the next incarnation down the line. Holy Merlin the Magician! Hey Robin fans, my name is Olivia, or if you're active in the action figure community on YouTube, you might know me as Automatica. Um, Rob, thanks again for having me on your podcast, I know I've contributed once before, um, so I'm happy to be back and hopefully give you some some intelligent sounding words uh, to celebrate Robin's 75th anniversary. So I, I, can, I look at this kind of in a few ways as to how I appreciate this, but um, so I'll kind of hit all of them. The first for me is like anybody who knows me, including you, Rob, or any of our friends on the Rogue Show, you know, um, obviously I'm a Nightwing fan. If somebody were to come up to me and say, you know, who's your favorite comic book character ever? I'd, I would say, you know, Nightwing would be my first answer, but, but, but really Dick Grayson. You know, you could put him in any role, Nightwing, um, Batman, uh, Agent, you know, Grayson, uh, or obviously Robin. And that's really, really something important because he was the first Robin and, and that's really kind of whose 75th anniversary we're celebrating, even though, you know, we can kind of look at it as the character of Robin. So it doesn't really matter which one, but... um. 
yeah so that's kind of like my first way of looking at it like obviously this is this is like the 75th anniversary of like my favorite character in comic books so that's really something really special and really exciting and um it's kind of wild <laughs> he's a lot older than i am <laughs> but um yeah so <laughs> Uh, there's also the kind of another angle, which is that I've always been a really big fan of the teen teams um, in 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 every kind of facet of, of comics, like whether it's the Teen Titans or Young Justice or on the Marvel side, Young Avengers, Avengers Academy. Like, um, I, I've always been drawn to the younger characters. And, and I'm not sure if that's because I'm, a, you know, I'm a bit younger. I'm, I'm still kind of young. Um, or because when I started reading comics, I was younger. But as I get older, I still am drawn to these younger characters. I'm not sure if it's because, you know, they're, they're kind of, I don't want to say underdogs, but they're still learning, they're still growing, and that's kind of a really interesting dynamic to read or watch if it's like a show. Um, and Robin's obviously been always a big part of, like, the Teen Titans and Young Justice and all that. And whether it's, you know, Dick or Tim... Uh, little bit of Jason in there, I think. Um, there's no doubt to me that Robin is a very special character and a big part of, of what I enjoy reading and watching. And he, it's not like I always, it's not like Rob, Robin, I can obviously know is Rob's favorite character. Um, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say that for myself, but he's definitely like a really important character to me. And like, what I read, if that makes sense. Not just by himself, but like, he's an important part of Batman, in that I feel like a, a Batman story with Robin just feels a little more complete. It gives Batman that sort of um, responsibility, something that he, he, he can't just, you know, sometimes if you think, you know, Batman's fighting by himself, you think, it, would he just, you know, go all the way for this, whatever's going on? Whereas, like, if he's fighting with a Robin, it's, he, he needs to, he needs to be there to protect that Robin if something goes wrong. So it's, it's, and not, it's not just that, but also kind of training this person to, you know, be the best that they can be. And, and it's not just as far as fighting goes, it's, it's, just being the best person they can be. Robin's super important to the history of DC Comics, the history of Batman, um, to a lot of fans. There's just, it's, it's no mystery why he's made it to 75 years and why he'll make it to many, many more, whether it's, you know, Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, you know, Damian Wayne, I love Carrie Kelly, you know, like, um, Stephanie Brown, whoever you want, you want to think of as Robin, the name will, you know, we might see in the future, you know, Duke Thomas or her, we see the little, you know, like if you're, if anybody's reading, we are Robin, you know, there's that it's so funny because we are Robin is basically like a comic explaining, like, I don't know if you want to, I don't know if it's explained, but mirroring like how important Robin is to fans reading but in like their real life, not real though. It's fake. You know what I mean? <laughs> like those people in those kids and we are Robin, like look up to Robin and they, that's why they're, they're mirroring their own heroism after him. We we're going to be, I think we're going to be reading and watching Robin for many years to come. And, and I don't know if I've really said anything with this, <laughs> but basically um, I really appreciate the character Robin. And I think that, he his 75 years have been super well deserved and i hope that we see many 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 more i'm gonna try to not keep 
rambling on. I hope that sounded somewhat intelligent. Um, so thank you again, Rob, for letting me letting me ramble on your podcast. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash A-U-T-O-M-A-T-1-C-A. It's Automatica with a one for the I. <laughs> so thanks again, Rob, and uh, happy anniversary, Robin. I'd let him know if I were you. He's not always in such a good mood. All right, cool. I've got... Uh... My good buddy, Anthony Conrad here, he uh, popped over and popped over. You know, it's the technology of Skype here. Like, he came all the way from Buffalo to drive to my house, to sit in my living room. We'll talk about Rob, and then he's going to hop in his car after probably talking to me for a little bit and drive all the way back for another four and a half hours. So, hey, hey, buddy, how you doing tonight? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I am sitting on your couch. Yeah, I know. Why and are you lying to the viewers right now? You're eating all my chips, dude. Seriously. Yeah, I, yeah. well, they're mine now. Well, and you're – what did I say? Do you see it, the flag I put in them? I claimed them. They're mine. What? You think you're Spain all of a sudden? You you claim this yeah. chip bowl in the name yep. of Spain. Yep. And and you're double dipping. We triple yeah. dip in this house. Yeah. And you know what? I just stuck my finger in the dip, too. Now well, it's mine. Well, fine. You claim that, too. Yeah, fine. I, you know what? I, I don't like chips. I hate them. So eat them. Eat them all. Good. I will. Fine. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna eat all your tootsie rolls. How you that's, like that? That's it, ladies and gentlemen. This just turned into a fight here, and everyone hates Anthony for eating Rob's chips. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd have Anthony on here. We'll just kind of talk about Robin here. We're at the very end. Uh, you know, I first of all, I feel like this year just zipped right on by. We're in the latter part of December. Um, Christmas was just a day ago and I'm like, we're opening gifts and I'm looking out the window going, is it June? <laughs> Outside. I know. Hasn't been, I, we, Buffalo hasn't gotten any snow yet at all. S- seriously. Buffalo, New York, no snow. Yep. Shouldn't you guys have like 900 feet at, by, the, <laughs> by this time? Yeah. Last year in November, we had seven, uh, eight feet of snow. Are you kidding me? Eight feet of snow. Yes. Eight feet. <laughs> the uh, entire city was shut down. Well, at least the south south part of Buffalo, north part of Buffalo where I live, there was not a snowflake on the ground. It's <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's the you know little memes going out that shows you know uh, 1990 or 1985, you know like 10 feet of snow, then 1995 about four feet of snow, 2005 just a dusting, and then. 2015, kids swimming in a swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so messed up. <laughs> um, I see uh, with Anthony on the show, I always get derailed, and I have no problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, there was a part of me that thought, you know, we like Superman, I didn't think, got a very good 75th anniversary treatment. I mean, he had some. They did a cool 75th anniversary logo. There was that little animated short that came out, and our good friend Stu got some, you know, cool – uh, Superman uh, 75th anniversary statues, but there wasn't a lot. But for Batman, they just unloaded. Like, here's everything Batman 75 we can get. So there was part of me that I thought, okay, Robin probably won't get as much as Batman will. You, just because I like the character so much doesn't mean he's going to get a ton. But, you know, it was just the tail end of December. We have, like, two comic series. There was no real, you know, action figures to speak of, which... If you take out the Arkham action figures, I don't think we got, like, a Robin commemorative really anything. I thought that was – just being collectors for you and I, I was really kind of disappointed about that. Especially it's Dick Grayson. We have this really cool Grayson comic series. Nothing. Yeah. I, you know what's always surprising about the Robin character is that he always sells very yeah. well. 
no matter whether it's comics or action figures or statues, collectibles of any kind, anything, T-shirts, anything. He sells right. because he grasps kids. You know what I mean? He, he, he can grab kids in a different way that Batman can't. You know what I mean? Batman's a grown man. Mm-hmm. Robin's a child, basically, growing up into a, a teenager. You know what I mean? And to, um, so, I mean, I always found that interesting that, you know, I mean, whether it's movies or, or anything, I mean, we've only had, what, one Robin and two movies? Yeah. Out of all the Batman movies that have been out? Well, I'm not including the 66. Right, right. But I'm, you know what I mean? Like the big motion picture. Um, but I always felt like Robin gets a shaft, and he's one of the mo- most popular characters of all time, next to Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And it's like he's always getting the shaft. You, you mean, you don't see much of him out, whether it's collectibles or stuff like that. But, I mean, and even his comics, I mean, Robin should have his own comic. Yeah, he really should at all times. If Batman has his own comic, then Robin should have his own comic, and he's always gets influxed with the Teen Titans, which isn't a bad thing. But I feel like Teen Titans is Robin's—that's his Justice League. You know what I mean? Yeah. Batman has his own Justice League. It would be like if they canceled all the Batman comics and only put Batman in Justice League comics. It's like that's not very fair. I don't think. I don't no. Know. I mean, it, the first three major superheroes. I mean, you just said a little bit ago were Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And then, well, actually, technically, it was Superman, Batman, a year later, Robin, then Wonder Woman. So the original trinity was Superman, Batman, Robin. I mean, Wonder mm-hmm. Woman was that that very next year. But um, I, I've got a Robin T-shirt on. Nobody can see that. And I'm around my nieces and nephews, and I walk in the room. They're like, Robin, you know, because you know, Uncle Rob likes Robin and stuff like that. But seeing the red shirt with the red arm, they know who they know who that is. Uh, Robin is easily identifiable, and just be, you and I being action figure collectors, if there's you know a Mattel case assortment, how many Robins are going to be in that case? One, Not a lot, Not yeah, a lot, Ma- maybe two. Yeah, it's uh, it's always been like that. Even in the uh, the DCUC line, there, I felt like there should have been more Robins. I mean, if you got all these Batman figures that are coming out, <laughs> how many Batmans did they come out in the DCUC line? How many repaints did we get? <laughs> How many? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. It's ridiculous, and we hardly we we got like maybe five, maybe six Robins out of that whole line. Yeah, I'm looking if at that. I'm looking at them right now. There's one, two, three, four, five. We have Damien, two Tim Drakes, and two yep. two Dick Graysons. Yeah, know? that's that's that was it. that's BS. We should have got we should have got more than that. I mean, we should have had a Robin per Batman, in my opinion. Yeah, because they're one of the oldest DC characters, pretty much. I mean, yeah, you look at it that, you know, there's a lot of solo Batman stories, and I get it, but Batman was only solo for, like, a year. 1939 was Batman's solo year, and then 1940 was the introduction of Robin a year later, and it's been Batman and Robin ever since. Now, I I can understand where some writers are like, I want to tell a more dark, you know, brooding, you know, Batman story that doesn't need Robin, but I think at a certain point... If you do, you know, the game where you say black and the next person says white, if you say Batman, the next word out of somebody's mouth is usually Robin. Yeah. And if there were no Robin, there'd be no Bucky. There'd no. be no Bucky for Captain America because Robin is what started that whole sidekick thing. Robin started all that. Yeah. I mean, and I think Robin serves the purpose of, uh, you said it earlier, that kids have a hard time relating what it's like to be Batman. It's like 
but you can look at Robin and go, oh, how cool is Robin? He gets to hang out with Batman. He gets to swing from the rooftops with Batman. So a kid can easily identify what it's like to be Robin or kind of be envious of Robin and want or, to hang out with Batman. Or fantasize. Or fantasize, yeah. yeah. I guess that's a better Pretty, word. Yeah, fantasize, I would say, is the most. Because when I was a kid, like it was always Batman and Robin. But I could I could, um, I could... I could fantasize more being about. I can't. I couldn't fantasize about being Batman because it's just at that. You know, even at a very young age where I wasn't really grasping who Batman was, but I I knew that like Batman was cool and Robin was cool. Like I always I always kind of gravitated towards Robin because you know he is a kid. Like so I was like, well, he's a kid. If he could do it, I can do it. You know right. what I mean? And it's, it's like Batman's a grown adult. Okay, well, not yet. I can't grab grasp him. Right. You know what I mean. I'm not at that point yet. <laughs> but even at a, at that young of an age, I understood like Robin was a child, and that was really cool. And he had a cool costume. It was bright. It was the opposite of Batman, so he stuck out. Um, and yeah, I always I always enjoyed that. I always enjoyed his look, even though you know it's, he's pretty much supposed to look like what Robin Hood. Right. Yeah. So, um. But at that age, I also loved Robin Hood. I remember, what was it, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I'm going off on a tangent now. No, that's Robin fine. Hood, Prince of Thieves came out with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, what was that, 1989, I think, that came out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I remember that, and I was like, oh, okay, I can, I wonder if Robin's going to be in this movie. <laughs> you know? I mean, his name's in the title. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, I know. What the hell? Um, but no, <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I feel like he just, he does get the shaft a little bit and he, I feel like DC is, it, it, whether it's movies or uh, memorabilia, I feel like they're afraid to put yeah. a lot of stuff out there for him because they feel like he's not going to sell. But guess what guys? He sells. He sells, he sells well. Yeah. And I, I think that's an end too. Um, just getting people invested in the character uh, you put Robin on the screen. I mean, look how many people in the Batman versus Superman trailer kind of freaked out that we saw a Robin costume there, you know, and to be wondering, are, are we going to see Robin? You know, that's that's the next vehicle I, I want to see uh, Robin take place. You know, is Dick Grayson there? I don't know how reliable the source is of um, El Maimbe, or I think that's his name, or, or Heroic Hollywood, I think what he's calling himself. But apparently... Uh, somebody somewhere has said they've all but confirmed the Robin costume in that trailer belonged to Jason Todd and that there's going to be a line spoken by Bruce Wayne about Dick Grayson. So that has me excited right there that to hear, you know, it was one thing cool to hear Bruce Wayne mention Clark Kent's name, but for us Batman fans to hear Bruce Wayne utter not only Dick Grayson's name, but if we hear Jason Todd's name, that'll be the first in cinema history ever that there's ever, a, ever. another another Robin other than my poor Jason. Yeah, <laughs> my poor Jason <laughs> gets no love. Um, yeah. While we're on the subject of you know Robins, obviously, and you mentioned Jason, uh, who is like if you had to pick like your favorite Robin, who who would it be? I mean, well, you already know this, but not everyone else does. Right, right. Um, it is Jason Todd, uh, even though he was by far the worst Robin of all time. <laughs> um, he uh, he is my favorite because I think that stage of when I got Death in the Family, um, it was kind of when I when I was when I was able to read it and really understand what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. 
at that point, I was like, okay, I can kind of see where this kid's coming from. He had a bad – I mean, I don't relate to it because I had, actually had a good childhood. But he had a bad childhood. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's kind of shown the shaft. Um, he, he had he had some issues. But you know what? Batman was like, you know what? I see a lot of potential in this kid. And that, that goes to show you that, like – like, like Batman will never give up, and that's why I really started. I think I really started to get into like, like full bore into Batman because how forgiving Batman was at that point of his life, um, and how much he knew that he was ready for another sidekick. Um, he was ready for another partner, I should say. Mm. Um, um, he was ready to, you know, give this this kid a chance that he saw actually a lot of Dick Grayson in him. Um, well, actually, in the original version of Jason Todd, he was actually a clone of yeah. Dick Grayson. He was to- like he was in the circus, and <laughs> his parents you know, died. And then, yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> and then his uh, so I mean, the, for the original version of Jason Todd was kind of lame, but the when they revamped him, and then he you know he stole the the wheels off the Batmobile, and you know Batman was surprised by that, and he's like, oh well, you know, I see a lot of potential in this kid, and then he actually ended up. To me, at least, grew up to be the strongest of the Robins and probably one of the better fighters. I would say not the best tactician, but hand-to-hand combat, probably the best in my eyes. Um, um, he's also the tall, the biggest Robin, yeah. I believe. He's six foot and everyone else is shorter. But, um, yeah, Jason, you know, I mean, he, I think the real reason why I really liked him is because he had issues. You know, I mean, we didn't see, we haven't, before that, you know, there was Mr., you know, Boy Scout, mm-hmm. you know, Dick, and Dick didn't really start acting on his, you know what I mean, really acting, um, like a teenager, like a real teen with, like, angst and stuff like that until he broke away from Batman and became Nightwing. So, really, this was the real, this was the real deal right here. I mean, this was pretty, for that time in the in the 80s still there was a lot of a lot what was going on with Jason was a lot was a lot I can't talk which is what a lot of kids were go was going on with them you know what i mean like yeah. trying to be anti establishment um trying to be you know there was a lot of like punk rock going on then so there was you know anarchy and you know trying to break the mold of what the original you know the 50s children were about yeah. you know, very yeah, let's do the right thing. Okay, Batman. Golly, we've gee. got him. Gee whiz, gee willikers. You know what I mean? And you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think too with Jason, it was if Batman said we're going to go do this thing with Dick. Dick said, yeah. Even if he thought, I don't think we should do this, but he went along with it. Jason would have no problem saying, no, I, I'm, I'm not doing yeah, that. I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. He would, and and then he would blatantly fight batman batman were give him an order he'd be like no okay sure i'll do that but then i'll do the direct opposite and then he, batman's like what the hell are you doing <laughs> jason's like i did what i wanted to do uh one of my- and, uh, and, uh, and in retrospect that got him killed yeah that did uh a cool moment that leads right into i just picked this comic up at a comic shop about a month ago i think it's batman 424 and it's that moment of where the long story short jason uh, sees a girl getting beat up by her boyfriend or whatever like that, chases him up to a roof, and then you get the perspective of the guy falling. Batman gets to the roof too late, and Batman asks Jason, did he fall or get pushed? And Jason says, I don't know, and walks away. And you know clearly 
Jason, because this guy, Batman said, we're going to arrest him. We'll put him in jail. He got in jail, got out, and then the girl ends up getting killed. Jason goes up to the roof, and the readers led to believe that Jason pushes him off, and I think very well does. The next story that happens is Death of the Family. It's Jason taking that step of going, you know what? I'm tired of doing it the same way. Yeah. yeah. Look, look what happened. We, we did it your way, Batman. We put this guy in jail. He got out and killed this girl anyway. Yeah. So Jason put an end and, to it. And, what it, and that's, the, that's another reason, um, seeing the logic through Jason's eyes, um, a lot of Batman's logic is very flawed. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're locking these people up, and it's just like a form of insanity. You're locking them up, hoping for a different um, outcome, and it's the same outcome every time. They break out, and they kill someone. They break out, and they kill someone. They break out. It's like, just end them, and then it's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? From my from my sp- standpoint, from a realistic standpoint, yeah. if we're in if the real world, we had a Batman and a Robin, I would I would expect that they're more like Batman's more like Thomas Wayne than yeah. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, he's going to end you, and then there there's the end of the problem. Like the Joker would have been dead a decade ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I think that's another reason why I just saw the logic there and the reasoning. He's just like these people are scum the scum of the earth they're raping they're they're killing mass amounts of people they're not worth their life and i think it's kind of that duality thing where batman's like yeah but you have to have morals and you have you can't just go around killing people you know what i mean even if they are wrong and there's all those always those morals so it's kind of like a give and take yes there are those morals but you know do these people deserve to live because they just keep getting out and killing and killing and killing and killing, and granted, killing someone for killing someone isn't a good, isn't you know <laughs> right. isn't justified. That's not the right thing to do. Um, you got to be can... a specific type of person, sociopath, to uh, <laughs> to do that yeah. sort of thing and, and be able to live with yourself after. But um, but to, I mean, still the logic was there for the character at the time. Like, oh, he didn't deserve to live. He got out and he raped someone else again. Yeah, I think uh, a cool moment is in the uh, we hear it in the Arkham Knight video game uh, from Jason, but in the Under the Red Hood movie where uh, you know Red Hood unmasks himself and it's Jason, and Jason says, "If the Joker had done this to you, I would have hunted him down and killed him because he took you away from me." And Jason looked at it like you didn't love me enough to do the very same for me, and that's you know what what twisted Jason a little bit. I'm glad he's more of the anti-hero now. Like Jason will, he'll kill if he has to, and he's kind of calmed down. But there was that part of Red Hood that I liked initially when he came out that was like, this is what needs to be done, and I'm going to do what Batman never could and should have done. I, I loved that heartbreak between Jason and Bruce. Bruce realized you were my greatest failure and now you're back, but you're you're failing ten times worse. Like you don't get it. And I feel like Jason was saying the the exact same thing back to him. Yeah, and that's actually my favorite story um, is under the Red Hood, um, which what Jason comes back. Um, originally, it was Death in the Family. That was my favorite Robin story of all time because you, you never thought you were going to see a Robin die no. ever at that point. You know what I mean? And then. Even when Tim came along, you almost—I was almost worried that they were going to kill Tim off or in some story or something. I'm like, oh my God, they killed—they killed Jason. What's what? 
it's open season now. Yeah, it's almost like nothing is sacred. I think after, I mean, superheroes had died before, but I felt like after Death of the Family, it's like, oh, we can just kill off anybody. Yeah, and look how long Jason stayed dead for. Years. I mean, years. Was he decades? It it was almost (laughs) twenty years. Yeah, almost. I think it was like sixteen. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a long time. And then, and then when they brought him back, I was like, I was so. I, I think I was a little. I think I maybe I was a little bit disappointed mm-hmm. at that by that time because it was 16 years after the fact. But I, I was also kind of relieved because they brought him back in the right way. Yeah, they brought him back in a way that he was supposed to be brought back. Like, cause that was just that's just Jason. You know what I mean? And I don't have a problem with like what they're doing now with with him being an antihero, but w- which makes him more like the Punisher. Yeah. Which I I could I get that I get that um, if you want to do that but I feel like his real roots are from under the Red Hood that's who he really is and I I feel like maybe they should go back to that maybe him being a full fledged just villain and this is my way my way or the highway you either join me or against me I was um, going to ask you which way you preferred him in the uh, Grant Morrison run where you know he, he was definitely the villain I kind of. I, I I like that, especially when Bruce got back. There was that point of which is it worse for Jason to still remain dead, and that's the Robin trophy case that Bruce sees every night that he goes and suits out, even to the point when he gets a new Robin and Tim. That reminder is still there, or to have your greatest failure be alive, and now your greatest failure is your enemy. Yes, I think it's much stronger if your greatest failure is your enemy, and I because, think it's it supersedes because it's the a Joker. constant reminder of. Of, of how, of how much Batman, how how it affected Batman at that time and in general in comics throughout the years. Like he was grumpy for a long time. Yeah, you know what I mean. He after 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 uh, Jason died, he didn't want a Robin. He was like, oh, I'm done. I'm done with the Robin stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he got his back broken, and then you know, you know, Robin. <laughs> came back. Well, He's like, okay, okay, oh, yeah. my back. Uh, all right, you, uh-huh. you, come here. All right, all right, you know who I am? All right, you're good. You're, you're Robin. <laughs> Go with this crazy guy. He's going to kill a bunch of people, but, you know, try to tell him morals and values while I'm, I'm, I'm going to go over here now and get my back fixed. <laughs> right. i got to go to the chiropractor. I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be right back. Six to eight months, I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back, though. Well, <laughs> I promise. But even the short time that Tim was Robin before uh, he get, gets his back broke. Yeah. Bruce shackled him so much. Like, no, you're not going out in the field. You're going to stay in the cave. You're going to do yeah. this. Like, you get no A-list villains at all. Yeah. You know, he had a run-in with the Joker, and Batman was like, that's it. So the death of Jason even had such a great effect. Like, okay, good. Now you got your partner back. You're kind of overrunning yourself into the ground. He was still... It's like it's like your grandma's glass vase where she's like, here, you can use this. And you're like, uh, OK, you put it in a locked vault. You don't use it. You don't do nothing with it. I felt like that's what he was doing with Tim for a while. They're like, oh, great. We got a Robin, but he's not doing nothing. Yeah, he's not doing anything because Batman wouldn't let him. And and I feel like maybe a lot of that. I feel like if it were real world, like if I'm Tim, I'm kind of pissed off at Jason because look what you look at. You're making me go through <laughs> with this guy. Yeah, you it's, know what I mean. It's like it's, I got I got to like really prove myself, like seriously prove myself and really model myself after him, which is what he did. Yeah, basically. He's the best detective out of all the Robins, Tim. Um, uh, maybe a better detective than Batman in some ways. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, I mean, I would be upset with with Jason for putting me through that, especially if he's alive again. I'd be like, oh, you son of a bitch, you making me go through all of this pain and suffering while I'm training. <laughs> you know, this guy wouldn't let me do anything because he was afraid I was going to get hurt. Like, I could take care of myself, and I wanted to be able to prove that, and you wouldn't – because of you, I couldn't prove it it's, for all those years. And then I feel like maybe Jason had some angst towards Dick for being, you know, Mr. Boy Scout, Mr. Everything Batman wanted in a Robin. He was pushing maybe Jason too much to be like Dick, and he's like, I'm not Dick. Leave me alone. So I could kind of see that, you know, whenever they have those those little bickering fights in the comics, which I love. Yeah. Um, you can always see that there maybe there's a little bit of hatred between the three Robins. <laughs> well, and it's even like real brothers. You got the brother that's a star athlete mm-hmm. in Dick Grayson, and yep. then the troublemaking brother is constantly in detention, constantly doing this. Mr. Rebel without a cause. Rebel without a cause. He's had a run-in with the police. And by the time the youngest brother comes around, mom and dad are like, look, we don't know which way it's going to be. So I'm sorry, Tim. Your curfew is 7 o'clock. Yeah, and you're constantly and t- looking at Tim's the, screw- the, Tim's the bookworm. Yeah, the <laughs> screw up brother, like I'm living in your shadow. Um, I I discussed this on another podcast. I'll kind of uh, wrap it up here with this and a Robin War uh, tie-in for uh, Red Hood and Arsenal, issue number seven. Uh, there's a panel where Dick and Dick, excuse me, uh, Tim and Jason are talking back and forth, and these are the words of uh, Jason Todd when he sees Tim Drake for the very first time. Uh, after coming back before he is shown to be the Red Hood, sees Batman and Robin on patrol for the very first time. Uh, Jason says, It hurt that I was replaced so easily, but it probably hurt even worse that you were so good and made it so easy. And suddenly I wasn't a Robin. I wasn't a sidekick. I was just some screw-up who came back to life, and I wasn't even my own person. I had to find my way all over again. And I, yeah. I, I thought that just beautifully... It's pretty, it's pretty powerful right there. Yeah. Um, it's like he he's like like wow you not only did did my father is basically the way I look at it my father kind of replaced me and turned his back on me and not even avenge me yeah but he replaced me with someone that I feel maybe is better than me in in a lot of ways um which is pretty powerful to say <laughs> yeah yeah you know what I mean like he's got some serious I mean they both they both probably share some sort of hatred for each other. Like I, I, I really feel like Jason just I feel like he he might be around and show that he might care about everyone, but I feel like deep down he really does doesn't like anyone in the Bat family. I feel like maybe hidden somewhere, he's he's like, I really just I just don't want to be here right now, but I'm here. Yeah. I'm here because you know I, mean? I feel like I have to be. Yeah, I hear, I'm here because I maybe he, maybe somewhat he hasn't given up on his father and on Bruce, and he's like, you know, maybe one day he'll see it my way. Yeah. One day he will, and maybe that's why he's around. Maybe that's um, part of. I mean, you look at all of the Robins; it's almost like an extension of Batman, really. I mean, you got yeah. the detective, then you kind of have, you know, sometimes Batman loses his cool and he turns into Jason a little bit. <laughs> And then you have, you know, you have your your acrobatic, Mister Athletic, Boy Scout. Then, then then you have Dick. I mean, there's a, there's a little piece of them in, you know, a, a, it's like each 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 one of them is a is a piece, an extension of Batman when you look at it, a certain and, way. And on the flip side, then you have Damien. That's like screw 
All of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. I, I know, I'm the heir to the throne. <laughs> little bastard. <laughs> you little bastard just has... I mean, and I, I'm I'm a Damien fan as well, and I just see that he's just that, that almost like the cousin that's just like, I'm going to pick at Jason. Like, well, you were the dead Robin. And Tim, you're the, the smart, stuck-up Robin. And Dick, well, I kind of like you, but remember, this is still my house. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I like to look at Jason. A lot of people look at Jason as the failure, but they don't see they don't see how you know how far he's come. Though I feel like I feel like he really just kind of you know he's too much of a dick at times, and he's like. I'm like, maybe you need to slow your roll a little bit, Jason. <laughs> right. Maybe you need to just maybe you need to just hush it because you, you didn't sometimes you don't learn from your mistakes, you just keep making the same mistakes. Well, but how many times does that happen in real life that you have somebody that's kind of been the screw up and they get their life together and they're doing really good and there's always that person that's like, Well, remember when you stole that car and you're like, Yeah, can't can't you just let that go? Like I can't yeah. heal because you're not you're not allowing, not allowing me to, me to. Yeah. yeah because everything keeps getting brought back up for him that's why I really kind of feel bad for him because I mean he was he was a he was a troubled kid to begin with and you know even even the the best of of the the quotation best of us in Batman couldn't change that and you know I, I don't I don't know if anyone could have helped Jason at the at the point he was at yeah you know growing up before just before he died um um, but you know, I mean, in the comics now, he's changed a lot, dramatic, dramatically. Yeah. Um, he's also become very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a whole other story. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, it, it's it's a it's always nice to talk about Jason, and because I feel like maybe a lot of people just you know most people are are Dick fans or t- uh, Tim fans, so like poor Jason needs his his <laughs> yeah. voice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you are the flagship Jason. I am the flagship of Jason. <laughs> hey, uh, where can people find you if they want to check out what you're uh, doing currently? Um, you can uh, you can find me on YouTube or Facebook under O D C D A T S M E. Um, you can find me on yeah so O D C. That's me. Um, and uh, on YouTube or Facebook um, under the same name. So there's that. Um, I am rarely on Twitter. I, I don't even know why I'm plugging Twitter because I'm <laughs> for on it. But I am under Twitter under Nickel City Kid, and I also have another channel on YouTube that I'm trying to do some more on, which is basically you know pro football talk and nice. um, some wrestling talk stuff like that. I'm trying to do some more, um, and that's under Nickel City Kid as well. Well, hey man, thanks for stopping by. Absolutely, anytime. anytime. All right, take care. All right, bye-bye. All right, that's going to do it for 2015. Can you believe it? Uh, It's going to be 2016. Probably by the time you hear this, it is already 2016, or we're minutes or hours away from 2016. Just a big, sincere, heartfelt thank you to everybody that's listened to uh, Robin, Everyone Loves a Drake. It means the world. I enjoy doing this podcast. Um, I uh, have a... A game plan in motion to try and bring back the bi-weekly podcast. Terrence and I are going to uh, try and do a double duty. We've got a, a cool way to be able uh, to hopefully pull that off, knock on wood uh, again. But a big, sincere thank you 
to Dustin and everybody over at the BatmanUniverse.net for allowing me uh, to do this podcast and to uh, sit and talk with you for an hour, sometimes a couple hours. I think this particular episode was a little bit longer because it's the end of the 75th anniversary. And uh, I, I just a, a big thank you to everybody that uh, supports this podcast. Uh, it means the world to me, and uh, I just I enjoy doing it, and I enjoy just getting a chance to talk about my favorite comic book character, Tim Drake. Thanks for a great year. We will see you guys on the other side in 2016, and 2016 is going to be a cram-packed year. And most important for this podcast, 2016 will be the first time that we are going to talk and look at a Robin Tim Drake comic, the very first comic that starts off the 183 issue run for the Tim Drake Robin character. We will see you guys next year. Take care. Have a safe and happy New Year's. We'll see you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, and I am making no money from it. Much to the displeasure of my wife. Sorry, babe. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips, as they have their own copyright holders as well. You can now find this podcast on iTunes and Windows Media as well. There you can rate and leave a comment to the show and subscribe. I hope that you do. You can also find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. You can send a message there as well. If you'd like to email, you can do so by sending me one at r10myers at yahoo.com. That's R as in Robin, 10myers at yahoo.com. And I'll read your emails on the air. Make sure that you head over to the batmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thank you for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. I put us back together